right, here we go. This is it. This is episode 288. Very happy to be here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis today. It is a Thursday. My name is Justin Severson. This is No Laugh Track Podcast. We're recording live from the stage. My guest was supposed to be here like back in January, and right. we've rescheduled David Crow. I got sick. You got sick. Yeah, it was the kind of thing where I was maybe going to get better, but if it was feeling I couldn't get out of bed, that kind of down for the count sick. And I thought, hmm, you know, I might be able to make it to Minneapolis and take a bunch of Tylenol and what knows, and then limp through the first day or so and then get better. Or I could get a replacement for the first few days and then maybe get better. And I thought, that's ridiculous you know acme doesn't want comics who are can barely push out a show <laughs> they want people who are here to do their best so right. i just gave lewis the call and said you know what do you want to just replace me that would be way better and i'll just go home and lay down and and he said yeah and then he surprised me by giving me another date yeah oh i assumed that would happen but well yeah. you never know you never know when I you suppose. cancel a week of you don't want to count sometimes they never talk to you again. <laughs> but so then what I thought is, you know, if I'm not coming back till end of March, I might be able to uh, get this set I've been working on up and running and record it. Yeah. So I decided to pull the trigger on that. And that's why these guys are here hanging lights around us. No. Oh, so you there was no plan on recording back in J January. In January. There wasn't, huh? No, I was not ready to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's and we're uh, at the end of March here, yeah. so yeah, that didn't take too long. Well, I wish I had longer, but oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, and uh, so I just thought I'd go for it and see what happens. Right on. I uh, yeah, I showed up today uh, to meet you here for the recording, and things are looking. People will see when they come to your shows this weekend. It's looking different. The club looks yeah, different. It just looks more showy. It looks, looks more like a little theater than a comedy club. It's it's very impressive what yeah. you've already done. And it, obviously, you're not quite done because the guys are still working here. But uh, the lights on the... It's great. Yeah. It's really great. Oh, Have you ever seen it when it's done up like this? Nah. Who was the one you came in? Ben. Was it Ben Washburn, right? He recorded one here? Yeah. yeah that we, looks really good. We hired a lighting a lighting director specifically who was really good at that kind of stuff, and he came through. He actually flew out two weeks in advance and looked around and came up with a master plan. So we're borrowing some of his ideas. Oh, okay. And, and then, um, which he gave us, and uh, then they've got some of their own because Black Iris has filmed here before. Okay. So uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it comes. It always looks sharp. It's amazing how just some, a couple, or not more than a couple, but a few different lights can just change, the, completely change the appearance. Yeah, it's all about. Well, anybody who's been to the Deja Vu understands the difference between <laughs> how how the whole thing works when the show's on, and then when they flick on the drugstore lighting. <laughs> You realize, oh, there's too much information now. <laughs> you didn't even have to finish that sentence, <laughs> and I was laughing. That is such a great mm -hmm. analogy. <laughs> yeah, lighting is quite remarkable, and, and it's the one thing that people uh, most often ignore when they're putting on a show. And the classic situation is, uh, I can't tell you how many multi-million dollar corporate events I've been to in Las Vegas, of all places, where they have some big company renting out their giant conference center, uh -huh. and the the boss is up there behind a podium, and he's delivering some kind of... And you can't see him. Ridiculous. You can't see because nobody... They don't have... They just have dinner lights that they turn either off or on, sure. and they don't have any kind of spotlight. It's, it's crazy. But lighting is everything. It's painting the atmosphere and creating a mood. How, uh, what have you been up to? Let's see, last time you did the podcast was yeah. with Kermit, right? Right, we were here for the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that was about a year and some ago. Yeah, a year and some <clears> ago. <throat> I like to think I make it back once every year, once every 18 months. If I'm, if I keep writing new material, it's once a year. <laughs> if I come back and don't have any new jokes, it's, it becomes two years. <laughs> did you see, the um, the old Acme advertisement that uh, was going around here about a week ago. Maybe they've shown you in the days since you've been I here this week. Haven't seen it. No, you have not seen it. Uh, it well, what year was it from? Ninety three. No, it's one of the early years. Now yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head. 
You were doing uh, February 2nd to February 6th. Oh. Uh, With who? Your feature act was Greg Fiddler. Okay, I know Greg. Do you remember that name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know that name. Um, David, you, David, is a cross between, do you remember this? This write up? Bob Newhart, Dick Cavett, and Steve Martin. There you go. <laughs> Utilizing the button down delivery of Newhart. The cerebral side of Cavett and a bit of stream of unconsciousness from Martin, David's appeal cuts across all ages, backgrounds, and geographic locations. There's virtually no subject he cannot tackle with his own bizarre, picturesque, and hilarious point of view. Wow. Wow, huh? I should still keep using that. That's really good. Maybe update the Dick Cavett reference. I was just going to bring that up. He's a part Chris Rock, part Dave Chappelle. Part Kunta Kinte. <laughs> you could still use the Steve Martin. Uh, right, yeah. I mean, he's touring. He'll be in Minneapolis this summer at some point. Yeah. Or I think he's doing a casino with Martin Short. But uh, nowadays you have to tell people, he's like Steve Martin without a banjo. Well, what else does he do with it? He only plays banjo. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> you have no banjo experience, David Crow? I bought one years ago. Oh, really? About 1990. Thought I was going to learn to play banjo. I was in some, found myself in Savannah, Georgia. Saw one hanging in the window. In the uh, window. There we go. That's a, a pearl-inlaid Vega. I'm going to, on sale, I'm okay. going to buy that puppy. And it sat in my closet. I, I did try to learn some Earl Scruggs finger rolls for a while. And it just sat in my closet for decades. Okay. Aging like a fine beer. Sure. And um, beer. <laughs> <laughs> aging like a fine, warm, open beer. <laughs> and uh, then last summer, uh, there's a have a relative that uh, lives in Denmark who's lives in a small island, doesn't really have a lot of extra cash. Son is autistic, and uh, so that takes you know takes a lot more time. Sure. As a uh, as we all know. Yeah. So uh, so he has, spends a lot of time being at home, and, and he has hobbies, and he's a brilliant musician. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to give him my banjo, because it's it's, he would never buy one for himself. Sure. Not in a million years. Yeah. So I, I brought it to him last summer and surprised him, just gave him. Actually, no, I had it sent to Denmark with another relative, and they wrapped it up and gave it to him for Christmas as Very a surprise cool. from me. Yeah. And he had no... It's sort of out of place. It's not. He's not a close relative, the kind that I would do that for. So that's what was kind of fun about it. It's the last thing he expected. Yeah. Why is Why is Dave giving me a gift? And he still didn't understand. Wait, how, this doesn't make sense. How? Who gave this? Why would he? Do I? Does he? Is he just shipping it so it'll be here when he visits? <laughs> <laughs> and is uh, he on the way as well? <laughs> and now he feels obligated to learn to play it, which I realize uh, you never want to buy somebody a, a, a hobby. You yeah, know? right. Right? Because you, then know. you're Only basic- established hobbies. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you're basically saying, here, uh, I know you have 3,000 hours to burn in the next couple of years. Do it. Burn it doing this. <laughs> Let me know when you can play a tune. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Wow, who knew that you'd ha- I'd, we'd get that story out of you when I so, <laughs> I wow. know. Do I play a banjo? Huh. Guitar? Uh, about, did you uh, do guitar you know before that? I think the fingertip brain connection in me is pretty haggard. It's not... Uh, I, I've tried. I've played guitar since the sixth grade, and I you still have. suck. Yeah. Oh, okay. In fact, um, I was watching Dave Grohl's... Uh, Something City, Sound City specialty, where he bought the Neve uh, soundboard from the Sound City studio in L.A. that had been that ratty old recording studio where so many incredible records in the 60s and 70s and even 80s had been recorded. Okay. Legendary records, like Rumors from Fleetwood Mac. Mac. You know, these things are one Grammy winning, and it was this ratty old, funny, off the... out of the way sound studio in Van Nuys. Wow. Okay. And the the board there was it was just one of those magical situations where everything seemed to work. The acoustics of the room worked. The the way the room wasn't decorated, it was just kind of something that you know after 60 years of an old truck stop being there, it just kind of starts to take on its own character that you couldn't possibly plan. Of course. With oh, yeah. the Farrah Fawcett poster that's got a an elk 
rack, hat rack over it. You know, that, that kind of thing. This yes, thing yes. kind of layers of uh-huh, the decades. Uh-huh. Well, that's what oh, this... Oh, where's the beef bumper sticker yeah, on the exactly. corner? Where, where did they get that? You know, <laughs> things you've completely forgotten about yeah. are featured. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those cases. And the soundboard is uh, one of the best lines of soundboards in the, that you can get. And, but apparently that one, because it's all handmade, was just something magical about it. So... Because of the way the recording industry has gone, uh, the Sound, Sound City was finally closing. So Dave Grohl, that's where um, Nirvana recorded Nevermind. Okay. Same place. And so he thought, well, i got to get that soundboard. Go, What's going to happen to that thing? And he found out they had no plans for it. They were just going to trash it. So he bought it and brought it and put it in his house, in his home studio. And wow. so while watching the movie, uh, he explains how he learned to play guitar. Okay. Um, because at the end of the movie, Paul McCartney comes to his house and they record a song on this soundboard. And, and Dave's going, this is a dream come true because the reason I, how I learned to play guitar is I was given a guitar in about the fifth grade and I bought that Beatles complete songbook, mm-hmm. which is a big black book that has the music to every song they ever recorded. Okay. And... And I had the blue album, the Beatles from 67 to 70, where they're looking over the, it's a compilation record, where oh, they're yeah. looking over a balcony, mm-hmm. and they all have shaggy faces and stuff. Yeah. And he said, so I just sat there with that album, with that songbook, with my guitar, and learned to play every song on that album and every song in that book, and that's how I learned to play guitar. And look at him now. Yeah. That's how I learned to play guitar. The I same had book? the exact no same way! book, the exact same album, the exact same. I got a guitar in the fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. But I suck at guitar. So <laughs> that tells me it's not the method. Nope. <laughs> Clearly. It's the talent. I just didn't have it, that fingertip brain connection to learn to play stringed instruments. So. I can strum like a mother, right? Okay. Yeah. And you know what's, uh, would this be a coincidence or uh, ironic, is that um, Dave Grohl, they say, is funny for a musician. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I am a shitty guitar player for a comic, I guess. I don't know what the reverse would be. I don't know. Either. And our names are Dave. Wait a minute. Whoa. What? Seattle connection? What? Yeah. His mom's American, my mom's not. How the coincidences? <laughs> Ridiculous. How, uh, you see, you've been here since Monday, you told me. And so you've, there's, today's Thursday, so a couple nights. I came in Monday. I wanted to come to open mic because I think before you record a comedy special, you want to feel really good about your talent. So you go to open mic and watch. You did open mic. The shit storm. Okay. And it makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> I joke, I kid. No, I, I just wanted to come in early so I would be here. And I, and I did run the set at the end of Open Mic. You did? Knowing it would be punishing. Because it's Monday night. They've already seen two hours yeah. of comedy. And uh-huh. then I go up and do an hour. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, the whole hour? The whole thing. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how often that it's happens. It's like Rocky hitting the meat, right? <laughs> right. He slugged dead cow for a while. Suddenly... <laughs> When you get into the real game, it doesn't seem as hard. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's why you were out jogging before this, right? That's right. <laughs> Some open mic. That's me slugging dead comedy cow. That's what. <laughs> so tonight, I guess, uh, would be the last kind of rehearsal then for the real it deal. Is, You're not the, recording the, tonight? The thing Thursday? is, Black Iris is here re- doing the whole shoot. And so they they had sort of planned to get most of the stuff up by tonight so we could do some tests, a little bit of tests. Yeah. And... Um, so that's what they're doing, and uh, we'll probably, if things work out, we might even run a few cameras tonight if we if things are all hooked up. Now you've done just because Thursdays t- can be not always, but can be legendary. Oh, absolutely! I love coming here Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because we're so close, uh, and the cameras, we were able to. Some of them arrived, so we thought, well, if we can do it, we'll do it. Yeah, why not? I was going to ask. Now you you've done other uh recordings in the past you have cds out and yeah other specials yes do you normally take like this weekend will you take stuff from four or five different shows or will you try and get a whole no yeah you, this you, is you, the you, best one you cherry pick cherry pick yeah 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 that seems to be the norm it's like if you were gonna do 
the 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 2018 Justin body part calendar, you wouldn't you would pick the best <laughs> few parts. You know, you have nice ears. Though obviously, that'd be a January February right up front, right? right? Get pretty good teeth. <laughs> right? You're not going to show the skin on your elbow. Oh, oh, God, no! Right, the Severson yeah. elbow is the, not a thing. Right, no, the uh-uh. arm scrotum. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> No, that goes back to my grandfather. No, you actually, don't, nobody wants to see that. I actually made in high school. I, I, I've, I've had boundary issues. The show I'm doing is called Boundaries. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about finding your boundaries, which was apparently a big deal for me. Okay. And uh, I still struggle with that. Yeah. Uh, but when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend that just adored her. And uh, so I thought it'd be funny for, I think it might have been... <sighs> I think it might have been Christmas or Valentine's Day or something. I gave her the Dave Crow. I think it was Valentine's Day. I gave her the Dave Crow body part calendar, oh my. but not the normal. Sure, not not the, not the not salacious the body 2018 parts. 2018 dick right. pic, right? Yeah. Right, but right. it was you could call the Dave Crow body part calendar sort of pre dick pic, dick pic. But there wasn't anything like that. It was just the, it was a joke. It was the the nose, of course, because I got a big nose, and I think I did. An elbow or an ear, just whatever uh-huh. toes, and I thought it was funny all the way through. But I'm I'm thinking back, even just as I tell you, uh-huh. that if anybody gave me that, I might because because not only do you see the pictures, you have to also realize how much effort it went into making this whole thing. Right, I took pictures myself, developed them myself. I mean, there's a there's like a lot of hours. Uh, yeah, focusing on my body parts. Mm-hmm. And back then, you had to go pick them up to after they were developed. And I developed them myself. You, you did what? Black and white? Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> thinking. Nice. The school had a black, had a uh, dark room or something. High school did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, what you working on? I never asked her if she she was always so nice, and she'd say, "Oh, that's so sweet of you," which is kind of neutral response for women. Right, you don't really know how they feel. Oh, That's so yeah. sweet of you, yeah, but it yeah. could mean uh, <laughs> that's a little weird. But uh-huh. I know you well enough. I I guess I still trust you. Yeah. No, what you needed to, or maybe not needed to hear, but the truth was what she told her friends right, right. after you gave right. it to her. Yeah, that was the truth. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it locker sized or was it like? Uh, I think it was small. Small. Like your iPad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she did with that. That's actually. She can't possibly still have it. I wish she'd given it back to me. <laughs> given it to a uh, thrift store and someone in, bought it. It's in someone's random house that doesn't know you right now. I know. <laughs> in college, I, uh, I, I fancied a girl in college I saw on campus. And, and so uh, I, somebody I knew knew her, and I thought, oh, this will be fun. Rather than just walk up to her and introduce myself, I thought, I'll leave a note on her porch. So I, I, but I couldn't just do that. So I bought a pomelo, which is a giant grapefruit. Oh, yeah. And I pinned the note to the pomelo and left that on her porch. Okay. (laughs) You don't follow girls home. (laughs) You know, you want to give them a pomelo in a public place, that's fine. But you don't let them know that you know where they live. Yeah, right. That'll freak them out. I know that now. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is good. My uh, you know, my daughters are uh, 11 and 9 right now. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get into the dating age, which uh, is going to be a long time from now and mm-hmm. not, you know, of course it won't be. But uh if that happens, I'm che- I'm tracking that kid down, the Plumello kid. Yeah, I got questions. Right, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Let's go Plumello shopping together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Misguided youth. That's what this show is kind of about, okay. actually. Some of these poor decisions. Exposing your decision-making? <clears throat> being a little naive, but also being somewhat a little bit taken advantage of, but also not being aware enough to know when to Do you think that, that uh, draw is, a boundary? is mm-hmm. also described as gullible or no? A little bit. Maybe just too, too trusting. See, the, the being too trusting, the other side of that is also just being kind of cocksure and confident, right? Well, nothing's going to happen to me. I'm cool. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah. Right? And then you get in, whoa, hey, what? So that's part, I think there are two sides of the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
We can had, be. I remember the in high school, you know, they vote, you know, mo, uh, most likely to succeed or best dressed and stuff like that. Yeah. I I was awarded, me and a, and a gal that I graduated with, dizziest slash most gullible. Hmm. I don't think dizzy fit me. I think the most gullible is how right. I got that. Right. Yeah. And I look back like, oh, boy, that's not something I'm proud of. Yeah. yeah. Like, He's so nice. He'll just follow you around and believe anything you tell him. Well, that's not a good thing, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then I got to college and re- realized what that meant. And then everything somebody told me, I was like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Doing my own thing. That probably isn't true either, actually. Are you... Uh, did you watch Roseanne this week, Dave? Uh-uh. Did you record it back home? No. Boy. Do you have any interest? I read on CNN's website that that it was a good show. Yeah. I knew it was coming out, but I have not followed any of it. Why? Is it was it a did it, it uh, Is it all the buzz now? Yeah. Yeah. I I I'm not crazy about when they bring shows back and I don't know if I was ever a huge fan of the original, but reading a story today that our our president did you know she's a Trump supporter on the show? Okay. Roseanne is a Trump supporter. That kind of makes sense. Show. And in real life, apparently, which I didn't yeah. know. Well, that makes sense. Her character would, would have been that demographic, right? Yeah. But she's the only one in the family in these new episodes. Oh, John Goodman isn't in there? No, no he, he's, she's the only one in the family that, tr- that supports Trump. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, the uh, Lori Metcalf that plays uh, her mm-hmm. sister in the show uh, says that she was going to vote for Hillary and then got talked out of it in the last minute and wasted her vote on Jill Stein, which was actually pretty funny. Uh-huh. But the thing that I, I'm even bringing this up is I, I'm so amazed that uh, our president is so into himself that he went, he got a hold of Roseanne today or yesterday, yesterday, I believe, because the ratings came in and they were like 18.1 million people watch this show and he found out that she's a supporter of his. She called to congratulate. He called to congratulate her on the success of the first week. Yes. Wow. Yes. This this is happening in our it's world. The reality TV president, right? I guess he just keeps watching. It's just himself I, on. He watches TV to see when he's going to be mentioned. Right. Yeah. It's just amazing. I, 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 I. I've got a few Trump jokes I've used on stage. From time to time, here's one. Here's uh-huh. one. Here one. Sure. Just a Trump joke because they're they're only relevant for a week, and then he does something else crazy. Exactly. So it was how uh, he, Trump doesn't get the credit for the things he's actually accomplished. Right. People don't like to think of him as actually having accomplished things, but he's he's done some remarkable things. For example, uh, a poll came out a couple months ago, and apparently this poll is done every year and uh, since World War II. Uh, the most trusted country in the world. And since World War II, the United States has won that poll every year. It's a global poll. Uh, this year, we got third. <laughs> Behind number two, China, and number one, Germany. In less than a year, Trump was able to get Germany over that Hitler hump they've been struggling with for <laughs> half a decade, half a century. No one else could even try <laughs> no, attempt that, right? No. <laughs> but suddenly, boom, Germany feels like the close friend and confidant that everyone needs <laughs> Germany can handle it they'll do a good job yeah <laughs> do you anything about the housing market in Germany <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't get that one Mo- leave the country Re- uh, you know the people who want to leave the country and uh, to get away from Trump that's what I'm saying oh okay yeah, right uh, oh like, I see right. you know the one like you know like when Baldwin or somebody comes out I'm moving to Canada or, right yeah I'm going to Germany Going to Germany. Baseball started today, David Crow. Is that on your radar? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, I have one thought when I see baseball posters and things. Uh-oh. Think, why, why do people watch that? Is that like, right? Yes. It's, what? There's that thing that people do all from now until October. I don't get it. Yeah. Sometimes November. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Don't never have... I think, To me, baseball, you could you could save a lot of money by not paying any of the players not even having players just have a bear and a goat on the field the goat's eating grass and the bear will just kind of sleep most of the time eventually at some point the bear will stand up run over and eat the goat and that's like baseball right (laughs) just hours and hours of goat eating grass and then hey excitement and eventually at some sometimes the bear won't eat the goat 
and that's a no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously like baseball. Yeah, I like baseball. Yeah, not as much as I used to, but um, I still do. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, certainly. And an opening day for me is sort of a, you know, a it's a rite of passage in the you know it's something to get right. excited about. Now tomorrow, day two. Eh. That's just another day. So it's opening day today here in town? No. Uh, the, the Twins are in Baltimore playing, actually, as we speak. Uh, no, they start next week in okay. town here. But actually, here's a, really, here's a stat for you that you won't give a shit about because you're not a baseball fan. They tried to have every, game, every team start the season today for the first, like every team playing in the same day, day one, for the first time since 1968. Okay. Uh, didn't happen though because some games were postponed due to weather. Bad yeah, weather, yeah, but, uh, yeah. You would have you can have snow outs here, right? Oh yeah. Even in May, probably. Absolutely, absolutely. Even a NASCAR race got snowed out last weekend in Virginia. So okay. You, you never know. You never know. Um, talking about uh, it's so funny. If 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 it was Kermit here, you guys would talk baseball for the next two hours, and I'm oh we've I, done that. I go. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, no. Th- that's fine. Got nothing. No, that's you don't have to have anything. That's fine. That's I know, I'm not fine. saying I spend my more my my spare time in a more valuable way or more productive way. I I I just baseball is not it. What are you spending your free time on besides family and comedy? I guess that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, I have an eight year old daughter, and so almost my free time is just spent being with her. Yeah, it's the thing about a kid. It's not. What you do, it's time with them. For sure. For, for little kids. Yeah. Time. You can't replace the time. There's no such thing as quality time in limited doses can make up for just time. That's very true. I think. Yeah. Uh, I probably just insulted a lot of parents. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel lucky. I mean, obviously I travel and I'm gone. But when I'm home, I I don't have to be gone nine to five or eight to six. I I get to be home yeah so and i like to play i still like to play so we always do good stuff she's uh i do some cruise ships and she's able to come on the cruise ships with me which has just been fantastic she's been on 14 cruises <laughs> in three years i'm jealous of an eight-year-old i know and it's just the best daddy-daughter time frankly sometimes it's good not to have to consult the mothership before you do something sure like have a second bowl of pasta yeah or wake up at noon. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, that has got to be the life for an eight-year-old. Oh, it's nice. Uh, it's, ships are a really nice place for kids because everything's self-contained you uh-huh. know, and taken care of. And we spend most of our time in the pool. And then we'll hit a beach when we go to port. And, and I've had to gear back my sense of what's up, of levels of appropriate adventure. I realize the kids don't care about big, expensive adventures. They don't even remember them, really. They just want... Some sand and some water, mm-hmm. a little bit of shade, and then they get, they all, you know this, you have two young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it stops, but they'll, a young girl will get into the pretend zone, and when you see them in that pretend zone, it'll last an hour or so, you just kind of sit back and watch. You don't sure. interfere. Uh-huh. And she's making a fairy fort or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did just buy a new camera this Christmas because we were going to... South Africa, and and I had a decent camera, but I always had video cameras and so on, and then I had a still, I thought, I'm going to just get myself the camera for the next 10 years. So I got this pro-grade camera with these nice lenses, and I took it to South Africa to take photos, and I felt like, when I saw the photos, I thought, oh... This is why good photographers take good photos. They have a nice camera. So it does make a big difference, huh? Oh, my God. It looked like National Geographic was following my vacation. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was remarkable. Are you sharing those pictures on on, uh, social media? I don't share my family pictures on social media. I don't just feel weird about that. Yeah. I do comedy stuff. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. I email pictures to relatives. (laughs) Yeah. There's... uh, There's something to be said for that, or of, yeah. uh, of the nobody. There's not a rule, certainly, that you need to let everybody know all of your business. That's yeah, I right? feel that way. Yeah, true. Uh huh. I, I I definitely agree with. It that. affects my comedy bookings, but you think so? <laughs> well, you know, you get evaluated based on your followers oh. and all that stuff. So. 
From clubs that don't get it. <laughs> huh? Probably true. Probably. Yeah. Definitely yeah. true. Yeah. Definitely true. That's no doubt. What kind of... Uh, where are the where are the the cruises? Which ones do you prefer? The ports. What are the best ports? You know, I'd have to say, just as far as kid friendly ports, the Caribbean's pretty great. The Caribbean is why you go on vacation. Just some nice water, some sun. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to drive very far once you're off the ship to go to some where you want to go. Um, Mexico is nice, but the ports of call in Mexico tend to be a little bit uh, more to navigate. Okay. They're bigger. There's more traffic. There's bigger cities, right? And and there's more hustling going on. And they have lots of fly-in tourists as well. So there's just they're just a little busier. You pull into a little port in the Caribbean. Yes, there are some that are super busy. But has um, your daughter ever gone? Why Why does that policeman have a giant gun? They don't have those back in, back in Mexico. Home. Yeah, because I've seen those. Yeah, where it's like. The, looks yeah. like a semi-automatic or whatever. Like, oh, so that's okay. Good. We did one trip down to Guatemala where it was San Diego to Guatemala in five or six days, and then we got off in Guatemala. But it was Friday morning. No reason to come rushing home on Friday morning. So we stayed in Guatemala for uh, three nights. So Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Yeah, I came back Monday at a surf house right on the coast. Seventy bucks a day. Nice. We had our own little. Thatched roof surf house on the coat on the coast included food, what and a pool, surfboards if you want them. Yeah, it was awesome. That is so cool. So I, I I'm pretty good about seeing the the perks of the job. Good and taking advantage of. Yeah, them. yeah. Kermit, on the other hand, call out my buddy. Yeah, uh, has never taken his kids on a cruise with them. He hates his children. That's I what think, you're saying. Yeah, to I say. know, I know. He says, well, it's hard, it's hard with two of them because it's not really fair to take one. So. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But uh, uh, I don't know. I just feel like if do it while I can. I've been fired from enough jobs to know that jobs don't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So while you're the Sunday buffet chef at Maxi's at the top of the Four Seasons, <laughs> take home some roast beef. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't uh, don't thumb your nose at the roast beef. That's right. Take it home and share it. That's right, especially if it's going to be tossed. <laughs> well, I'm what, not promoting stealing roast beef, children. <laughs> what what was your last full time job before a full time in comedy? Wow. Okay, I talk about it during this show. Oh, you do that that we're doing this week. But uh, my first and only full time job. Uh, after college was shore excursion manager for Princess Cruises. Oh. I did it for two years. And then I started doing stand-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. A shore ex is the guy who arranges the stuff to do ashore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did that from 23 to 25. Went around the Caribbean, around the Mediterranean, around the British Isles, or all around the Baltic, into Moscow, back across to Canada, Montreal to New York. Took some time off, then did it again, then... Is that uh, is that an entry level? Like you go in with no experience? Not like, supposed yeah. to be, but I'd been a hiking guide in the summer. Oh, okay. Uh, and did some tourism in the summer when I was in college. Oh, okay. So no, that was, that was that the lead-in. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I've basically spent all my time falling in love with English dancers. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, they're just adorable, and they got the... They're fit, and they got that lovely accent. <laughs> English dancers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do you... Uh, they I, didn't notice me. They couldn't see me through the bushes, but I, I really uh, spent a lot of time. <laughs> I have one more question about uh, mm-hmm. cruising. I went on uh, one, just one time I went on one, and uh, you know, a few days into it, I started to get that sickness where you start, you know, like, oh... Seasickness. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just... I can't stop swaying. I'm not swaying, but I feel like I'm swaying. That goes away? Do you get used to that? Do you, do you still get so. affected? I, I think uh, it, a lot of it's diet-related for me. If, if I drink too much coffee or any coffee when it's rough, I get a... I'm more likely to be queasy. Oh, okay. So uh, you, can, you can monitor what you take in, and it'll help. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people go on cruises, and they just... 
they have cocktails and stuff. <laughs> I may have and had you, a few. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A, yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly the ocean starts moving. And... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that will happen. I have a... Uh, where is it here? I'm going to look this up here. I have a... Th- where did I put that? Oh, as a parent. I love these stories because they're so ridiculous. I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. A Kentucky mom was arrested uh, yesterday after forcing her 14-year-old daughter to get drunk to teach her a lesson about alcohol. This woman was charged. Uh, blah, blah. She decided to punish the teen. Uh, oh, she had caught her, her uh, 14-year-old drinking, so she decided to punish her by forcing her to drink alcohol to the point of extreme intoxication to get her sick. What, what, how, what's the better way to teach a lesson about alcohol than forcing it well, boy, down you know, a 14 year old? I think you've got to blame Tony Robbins for that one. What because, do you mean? Because, uh, you know, Tony Robbins, yeah, the course. educator and, and uh, speaker, he, uh, in his very, I bought his very first series of tapes or CDs back in the early 90s when I was starting my stand up career. I thought maybe this will help me be able to get on track. Interesting. And one of the stories he tells, and he's trying to illustrate the power of association. And his, his dad used to come home uh, after work and have a six-pack of beer okay. every day. And so then once Tony, he's a kid, I don't know how old he was, but he said, Mom, I want to have, have a beer like Dad. Yeah. And his mom said, okay, but if you, ha- you want to have a beer like Dad, you have to have the whole six-pack. Okay. okay, I can do that. I can be like Dad. And so he, he had a first sip, and he didn't really like the taste. He goes, no, you have to finish the six-pack. Well, okay, I'm going to be like Dad. And he finished the first beer and started to feel bad, and he said he was about halfway through the second beer and threw up all over the place. And he said to this day he can't stand the smell of beer, and he doesn't drink alcohol. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of worked? So it worked. Yeah. yeah the power of association. So... uh and uh, so I think maybe that mom had taken the Tony Robbins uh, personal power program and thought, well, if it's good <laughs> enough for Tony Robbins, he's done well for himself. I'll do this to my daughter. I think I think arresting somebody for that is absurd. But I don't know what she was doing to get her daughter drunk. I mean, if you're using hard liquor, that could be dangerous. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't get to the part of the story. Uh, they posted a video of this on social media. Oh. Police ended up seeing it. Yeah. Where she was, like, there were two uh, uh, other adults with, and they were, like, holding the woman, uh, the 14-year-old up in her chair because she was about to, like, right. well, let's give her one more. She was about to fall on the floor, and they were right. holding her up okay. to feed more. So she it. wasn't drinking it herself. No. Yeah, uh, Elliot Max, who uh, used to be a comedian here, oh, yeah. and he's retired now, uh-huh. but he's he's uh, from Seattle and very wise man, and uh, I'm very good friends with his son now, Joe, Joe Larson. Of course, I know Joe. Elliot has said many things to me over the years, and uh, and and probably more than anybody else, I remember these kernels of wisdom from him. Okay. He's just full of them. One of them was, he goes, America's an incredible country. You can literally do whatever you want to do in America so long as you're willing to remain anonymous about it. You can sit in your basement, do whatever you want to do, whatever thing you're into, whatever drug, whatever practice, whatever kind of, just as long as you don't have to tell anybody. As soon as you put it out there as soon as you are making a stand like this is should be legal or this is what i do you're forcing other people to now to have to respond to it mm-hmm. or deal with it in the pl- case of the police you don't put it on social media it's something that happened in a house and no one knows about it. it's the social media angle that's the p- real mistake or what's at issue because mm-hmm. the police can't you can't expect them to see something like that and then not do anything right it's their job to try to protect abused kids and some might argue that's a form of abuse so they got to do something yeah now tony tony robbins mom he was the one drinking the beer right and it was beer yeah and he was i don't know how old he was but young enough so that just one beer was gonna get the effect sure what was the is there a story behind um your first beer yeah you know i never really drank anything until uh until I got out of college, I you know a couple of here things here and there during college, but uh, I don't. Grandpa really, didn't pull you aside. Let's share one. Yeah, let's you know, share my, a pop. My relatives were English and Canadian, and 
So the Canadians, you can have beer when you're 12 if you want. I mean, mm. beer was just something that no one really wanted because it didn't taste very good. But my cousins would have beer from time to time. Mm-hmm. My cousin Greg used to have way too much beer. Okay. He was the one cousin, Canadian, who had way too much beer. Okay. Yeah, party guy, got in trouble. Guess what he is now? A police officer. Yes, a police officer. For real? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. I think he always, he's always said he kind of liked the cat and mouse, but he got tired of being the mouse. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's RCMP, actually. So. Mountie, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Mounted Police. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and in England, I mean, you can you can bring your kids to the pub. That doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, it's not... They're not so puritanical about everything with all no. these hard barriers between... Which is fine. I mean, I drink. I, I don't often say this. In fact, it might be the first time. I probably drink too much. I have a tolerance now that's pretty um, evolved. Okay. <laughs> Being working in the comedy club world sure. for so long, sure. I don't. I don't party. I, I never do shot. I'm not one of these do shots guys. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Or or make me a. a Make me a tangled wiener or whatever right. you know crazy drink names. Yeah. I'm just a beer, wine, and scotch guy. But mm-hmm. but I I like it. I I can easily have a couple of beers or a couple of glasses of wine every evening of the week. Yeah, and completely function perfectly. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We went out with these guys uh, on Monday. Okay, I came down and we met, and then uh, I had, I think I had four drinks that night, and I woke up Tuesday morning going, "All right, I am recording a comedy special this week." Oh, slow down! And I do not need to be doing this. Yeah, I should I should just have water and tea and like you're having now. Yeah, you, you finish it off. I went to the free house because my girlfriend flew in last night, and and we went, she was hungry, so we went to the free house just oh, yeah. a couple blocks away. I've been there, and they had. On tap, cask-conditioned hazelnut brown ale. That's a good thing? It's pretty unique. Okay. And it happens to be my very favorite. Oh, okay. It's a sort of a British flat ale. Flat ale? Yeah, it's not really fizzy like the lagers. It just, it's it's in its room temperature. They serve at room temperature? Yeah. Oh. It's meant to be. Okay. It's from a pump. Uh-huh. It's creamy. It's very good. So I had two. <laughs> I'm thinking right now that 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 doesn't sound bad. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not fizzy and bright, and and it doesn't really have a bitter taste. It's it's nice. Okay. And uh, they said the the bartender goes. So, so I said, what's in the hand pump? He goes, uh, sorry, it's. A, and I looked up. No way. Apparently, I was the first guy to be excited about ah! it. <laughs> was he like, where are you from? Yeah, they had an IPA in there before, and apparently that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. very popular. <laughs> That's interesting. That's very interesting. You know what we didn't we didn't get to about your uh, the sp- stuff you're recording this yeah. week. Where are people going to see it if they don't get a ticket to come see you this week at Acme Recording? Where is it going to end up? Do you have any idea yet? No, no. <laughs> um, I just there's just so many this, options now. It was a it was a show I wanted to get out there, and or it is a show I wanted to get out there. And I figured if I was going to spend any money recording it, you might as well spend enough to make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll just be a a promo reel to try to get some company to redo it at a theater and spend tons of money. But the chances of that happening are mm. tiny. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to um, have that not happen, and then and then have a show or a demo that I'd made that wasn't broadcastable. Sure. So the, the what we're really going for is, can it, is it good enough for broadcast? Um, because if it's not, you really uh, lower your options. Sure. And the good enough for broadcast is you just got to get the right cameras and get someone who can make the look, place look pretty and then just do a good show. I mean, you can broadcast bad shows. <laughs> That's been done. I've I've seen some. So I don't know where it's going to be. We will find out. But the first thing is uh, try to get it. The show is, um, you know, I'm really happy with some of it, and some of it's heavy lifting. But uh, okay, where it's a, it's not a usual stand up show. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's got more ups and downs. Does your uh, female friend give you any uh, critiques? Yeah, we've worked on stuff together, and uh, and I bounce stuff off her. She's not a stand-up, so um, 
So when you disagree so I don't with look, the critique, you go, you're wrong, yeah. you're not a stand-up. There's a between you know, saying, well, I don't really get that part or that, maybe do this, and saying, here's how you should say that. Right. That's, that's different. You don't want, I'm not asking for that. I'm mm. not asking for a writer. Yeah. So, in fact, we just had a discussion today about um, a, maybe a premise fix or something, and and she, she thought it was really like we, we she thought we had found the answer and then i sat down and i was thinking about it and trying to write beats and I thought, no you know what no it just doesn't work it doesn't work in my head i can't there's nothing here interesting so you know there's a difference in having a discussion and then having stand up sure it's, it's uh they don't always one doesn't always lead to the other. True. Very yeah. true. Very true. Uh, next week here at Acme is Crash and Burn. Yeah. This show started at Crash and Burn. Okay. Really? Yeah. When when did, did you do Two it? years ago. Two years ago. I was yeah. trying to remember. Okay. What it was is I for Crash and Burn, you're supposed to do 20 minutes that has never been done on stage before. So right. I ended up throughout the week doing 40 minutes. 20 of just a stand-up bits strung together. And then another 20 of it was a story, a 20-minute story. And because I always I – had, I'd had this idea in my head about doing this series of stories. And the working title was Three Guys and One Old Lady. Okay. And, uh, and they're my coming-of-age tales. Uh, and it worked well enough at uh, Crash and Burn. And then I went home and tried it on stage in the non-Crash and Burn scenario. And yeah. it just didn't work at all. Oh, so I kind of put it to bed and then brought it back up. But this fall, I thought, hmm, maybe I should try lifting that again and see if I can make it work. And and it was kind of doing okay. And then when I got sick and had to bump my Acme Week back a couple of months, that's when I thought, you know what? I think I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do this at Acme because it's one of the few places where I think it'll work like it's supposed to. Interesting. I've tried doing it uh, the whole hour at a theater among theater people, and they don't, they didn't really, they weren't ready for it. Okay. They were, yeah. So it's, it's unique. I'm, I'm here doing it now because of as much because of the venue as anything else. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Does, has, uh, have you told Slagle that uh, this connection? I haven't. Okay. But I will uh, certainly send him a clip of it when it's. Maybe by next week. Don't they start Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I know what I'm doing, I can do a multi-camera edit in really quick. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, I've done enough of that. So clearly, you would um, you would say that doing something like Crash and Burn it was, is good for your comedic It's uh, like mind. anything. I, I, uh, I, it's like taking my daughter on a cruise ship. I use the opportunity... And got the most out of the opportunity. It would be very easy to do a crash and burn and and not advance, not challenge yourself. Sure. Uh, but I didn't want to just write more jokes because you can kind of do that anywhere. The, the real thing for crash and burn was I wanted to try that 20-minute story. Yeah, try something completely yeah. different. I actually changed how I went about writing stuff, too, if this is for inside comedy fans. Sure, but, yeah. Um Telling a whole story is a daunting task because if people aren't on board with it, you can. There's no way to get them back. So what is I did is I I, I laid out the whole story, the beats basically, the the story. What would you call it? The chapters, the the, the timeline of the sure. story, or the the various um, steps of the story. Okay, and then look to see if there were any parts of the story that could be done as standalone bits mm-hmm. for example in this story about um, this little making a friend uh, situation I had on the on the cruise boat we are in the Caribbean and I, I didn't know anybody on the ship so I had to make friends uh, and so the story is going, one of this my one of the situations I was in in trying to do that, just mm-hmm. one of the afternoons, trying to make a friend, sure, getting to know somebody, and uh, 
And so in that, there was the, well, there's the whole idea of making friends as adults. That's kind of a premise there, right? Mm -hmm. Just in, uh, in itself. Sure. There was the idea of pirates. That's a premise. There was, uh, what was another one? Uh buying someone a drink that's a premise right these are all things that you can just do you ever bought someone a drink uh it's kind of hard to know what to buy them because what you buy them actually says something right if you buy someone in a beer you're just going let's hang out and have a beer if you buy someone a wine you think it's more you're like saying i want to know more about you right if you buy someone a shot it's i don't want to know anything about you (laughs) (laughs) so so there's that's now that is a standalone premise that you can just do and and the next thing go I have a dog and right so what I did is I worked on those standalone premise concepts until I was getting some laughs and then when I strung them all together in the context of the story then even if the story wasn't working well there were these islands of laughs yes. that I could swim yes. to and get people back with me so that process allowed me to lift long-form stories onto the stage without it being horribly awkward <laughs> for, you know, and pissing off club owners, boring the audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, you know, people have paid to come. The club's got a business it's running. You, you can't – this isn't your rehearsal space. Right. You've got to deliver some semblance of a product. So, so uh, that allowed me to – actually tell a new story without having it just be an abject failure <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Right. So so that process, the, the reason I'm here tonight is because of going about things that way. Yeah. That, that doesn't change the story. It just gives you a chance to work on little parts mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. little parts at a time in the context of a normal stand-up hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'd throw in the thing about the drinking or I'd throw in a thing about friend being making friends as adults in my other show okay and then once those were all once i had something there i put together this show i yeah. love it yeah i love it it worked i love it is there anything else uh let me look at the time yeah let's let's put a bow on this thing anything let's else put we should a be mentioning on... i don't think so uh did you bring you know? bring any old uh any of your merch what are you after the show are you gonna slap people no it and... really doesn't work to stop in the middle of a taping and say hey i have bumper stickers <laughs> but uh yeah but i in fact i was going to wear i have a new t-shirt i designed i was going to wear it for the show but it just i don't know if it's going to work it just looks so lame so oh. i think i'm gonna right just guy in a t-shirt that's not really me oh, okay so i mean it's me now but it looks <laughs> this is such a beautiful venue it just doesn't work so i'm not going to do that okay Fair enough, um, David. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Good luck this weekend. I'm 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 excited for uh, for the audience as well as for you. I think it's going to be great. All right. Thank you. Thank you.